I speak to you in the name of one God, creator, redeemer, sustainer. Amen. So a few Sundays ago, I stood up here and um, talked to you about John the Baptist in the desert. John the Baptist, a grown man, talking to the brood of vipers. People were asking John what they should do. They were concerned about they were, how they were living their lives and they wanted to make sure they were making right decisions. John told them that bad decisions, things like being stingy or taking more than their fair share would lead them to the dark side. But by practicing hospitality, kindness and love or by making good decisions, that would lead them toward the light side. Do y'all remember that? Yes, good, good, good. Then the very next Sunday, the very next Sunday, Father Kelly stood up here and talked to us about Mary, the mother of Jesus, going to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who was six months pregnant with John the Baptist. The very next Sunday. So we went from John the Baptist in the desert who was probably around 30-something, to John the Baptist not even being born. During that time, we watched and waited as Mary and Joseph went to be registered. We rejoiced as the Christ child was born. And the Word, the Word that was with God before creation, the Word that was God, became flesh and lived among us. We celebrated as the wise men followed the rising star to the manger where the babe lay as they presented him with gifts. But did you listen closely to the gospel lesson this morning? We are back in the desert again with John the Baptist. Actually, this gospel lesson begins where we left off a few Sundays ago with John the Baptist in the desert with the brood of vipers. Now, I have to say, this is not Tybee time. This is not turtle time. This is Anglican lectionary time. Don't you love it? So today we gather at the River Jordan to celebrate the baptism of Jesus as he begins his ministry, his work in the world, so we can really get down to the important stuff, the reason why we celebrate Jesus' birth, the reason why he became incarnate and lived among us. Now, have you ever wondered why it was important for Jesus to be baptized Why he began his ministry by being baptized? If Jesus was without sin, if Jesus was perfect, without blemish, why did he wade right into the River Jordan to be baptized? Now our text tells us that John the Baptist was at the River Jordan proclaiming repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People were coming from the Judean countryside, from Jerusalem. They were all coming to the river to confess their sins and be baptized. 
And then Jesus appears, perfect Jesus, sinless Jesus, and marched himself right into the River Jordan with all the other sinners. With the Greeks, with the Romans, with the Jews, with the beggars, the thieves, the liars, the children, the women, the rich, the poor, the tax collectors, the farmers. What a strange phenomenon. Now I ask you, who do you imagine was in the river with Jesus? Who do you imagine was in the river with Jesus? Even though Jesus was perfect without blemish, he began his ministry in the water of the river Jordan with all of the sinners, with people just like you and me. Then after Jesus was baptized, the scriptures tell us that when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended on him and a voice from heaven said, You are my beloved. With you I am well pleased. When Jesus went to the river Jordan, he did not say, you're okay, but you don't measure up. He did not pick this one and exclude that one. He did not stand on the side and proclaim his greatness. He waded to into the water with all who were gathered. And then God said, You are my beloved, and with you I am well pleased. Now God sent Jesus to us so that God would understand what it means to be human. Author and priest Barbara Brown Taylor writes in her book, Home by Another Way, that because God was in Jesus, God was in the water too with all of the regular people. And by the actions of the Father and the Son, we are God's beloved and with us, God is well pleased. And we are sealed in holy baptism and accepted as Christ's own forever. When I was in seminary in Boston, I had the opportunity to participate with the Reverend Stephanie Spellers in a community called The Crossing. The Crossing is an emergent Christian community based at the Cathedral Church of St. Paul in Boston. The Crossing community is described as where real church meets real life. It was developed out of a need for a more authentic worship experience and a more authentic commitment to making a difference. It was more than just a worship experience of going into a building and practicing private contemplation. From her work, Rev. Steph writes, in order to participate in God's realm, we have to recognize and encourage what God is doing in each person's life, especially the ones who have historically been silenced and disempowered, not only by society, 
but by the church. Now what Rev. Steph says is very powerful for me. We know that we are God's beloved and with us God is well pleased. But I wonder how often do we recognize what God is doing in other people's lives? I wonder, do we even consider that God is working in the life of the dirty, stinky, homeless person? I believe that is what God was showing us when he walked into the River Jordan, that God is present in each of our lives. Now this morning I want to teach you a little American Sign Language and tell you a story. Does anybody know American Sign Language? You do? That's good. Well, what I want to show you, teach you, is very simple. If you hold this little pinky up, this is the symbol for I or me. I or me. This letter right here, L, stands for love. And when you do this, it means you. So if you hold this up, it means I love you. Got it? I love you. Very simple. The story I want to tell you this morning is called The Kissing Hand by Audrey Penn. Now this is a story about a little raccoon. And he was so afraid. He had to go to school for the first time. And he didn't want to leave his mommy. So his mother teaches him a secret sign that her mother taught her. She opened the little raccoon's hand and planted a big kiss right in his palm, right in the middle of his palm. This hand, she said, is the kissing hand. And whenever you feel frightened, you can press this hand against your cheek and the warmth and the love of the kiss that I place there will make you feel toasty and warm and help you remember that I love you. The love, she assures him, that she planted in the palm of his hand by kissing it will not wash off. So the little raccoon is able to go to school and face life on his own because he has his kissing hand to remind him that he is not alone. Now because Jesus began his ministry in the River Jordan with all of the regular people. We are not alone either. His love for us will never wash off. By Jesus' baptism, it seems clear that no matter who you are, no matter how smart you are, how much money you have, how old you are, how thin, how short or tall. No matter if you are someone who comes to our door for food or if you are someone who brings food to our door. When Jesus walked into the river, he gave us a kissing hand and he re revealed to us that we are God's beloved and with us he is well pleased. Amen.